Hello and welcome to Leadership Minutes. I'm your host, Ed Brixey. It's great to be here with you today. Welcome to episode 117, Readjusting to the Familiar. This week, we're looking forward to the post-pandemic crystal ball and discussing some of the major decisions, challenges, and opportunities that we will be facing as we, once again, adapt our company's cultures to a new reality. A year ago, this time in 2020, we were all adapting to sudden forced changes across our workplaces and industries as the COVID pandemic picked up and really gathered steam in all of our communities. We adjusted, we had changed, we had social distanced. Now, as we start to see ourselves cresting this and moving past this terrible tragedy, now, today, we face another adaptation. This time, how do we go back to something familiar, to the way that life was? This is not something forced and entirely unfamiliar, but this is a readaptation of what was once familiar, things we remembered, yet our experiences, the lessons that we learned in this past year are going to have a phenomenal impact in the way that we work for the foreseeable future. Throughout this, and you notice in a couple of the other episodes, I referenced these guys as well, the conference board has been conducting a lot of studies about how are we working, what are we doing, how are our industries adapting. And they found substantial evidence where many of the expected short-term responses evolved into having long-term repercussions for both our workplaces and the workforce as a whole. And every one of us can sit back and think, yes, this is exactly how it's happened, whether it was watching our industries become just devastated as sole practitioners and consultants just dried up left and right, whether it was watching the speaking industry and events going completely off the board, whether we were in consumer goods and suddenly, wow, we have to start manufacturing paper masks like crazy. How do we adjust our supply chains to do this? This is coming to a lot of long-term repercussions because all of us have gotten used to working remotely now. We have new tools in our toolbox. We've seen proof on how these things work and whether or not these things work. And moving back, what happens next? These challenges have created a substantial shift for how we work and how organizations will have to adapt. And I see this being a 12 to 18 month movement at least. With the success of vaccination programs, combined with the rise in the proof of concept for remote work, there are now two competing forces acting upon returning to the familiar workplace. I'm looking here in Massachusetts. Our restrictions are lifted over the Memorial Day holiday. We have a remarkable amount of our population vaccinated, and people, by and large, there are still a few walking around with masks, but you don't see them nearly so often anymore. However, many individuals I've talked to still remain wary. People are naturally scared. They've been scared for a year. Organizations are trying to find their footing and adapting and adopting to these new norms and these new habits that we've developed, especially since Massachusetts has been very much phase one, phase two, phase two A, phase two B, phase three, phase three A. Now it's phase four. No way we're going back to phase three A. I mean, they've had this plan structured 
we're building this airplane as we fly it approach towards trying to keep the populace safe. And then over Memorial Day, the governor came out and said, it's lifted, we're done. And it's thrown a lot of people for the loop. We're not sure even how to react. It's been a couple of weeks now and life is slowly returning to normal, but office spaces are still nowhere near as full as they were, once were. And many businesses I've talked to who are planning for a September reopening are still planning for a September reopening. The adaptations we've made have long-term repercussions for how we work. Because we have become a little bit more digitalized. We have, by and far, as a working population, become very comfortable with Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Slack, whatever other tools that we've been using to try to facilitate our employees during this time. The challenge is how much of this is going to continue as we move forward. Organizations, most organizations, are built on collaboration. And yes, there are a lot of jobs that are very rote and routine, which may be able to stay remote. But moving forward, how do we go about reintegrating those people into the networks within our organizations? How do we make sure that if the manager is on site managing a team that's entirely remote and they've never done that before, and now it's performance reviewed, what do you say? Yes, they check the blocks. Okay, does that mean they're outstanding or does that mean they just get a C? It's very, very tough, and we're going to have to make a lot of decisions in all of our organizations moving forward. We're going to have to gauge the comfort level of our people. We see vaccination drives going like crazy, but overall, the rate of vaccination is very much slowing because all the people, all of us who really wanted it, have already gone and done it. For people who are not comfortable with it or who've balked at the idea, it's going to take a lot more convincing, if ever. So, this creates a sticky situation for the workplace. This creates a sticky situation for leadership teams. If we're going to have all of our people on site, how do we manage that? What happens for that person that hasn't been vaccinated? What, how comfortable are the people who have been vaccinated going to be around them? And how much conflict does this have the potential to create? And how do we manage and how do we mitigate that? Just the same, the use, how used we are to now working remotely is going to make a huge difference in the way we start to build our teams and build people in our organizations. A lot of the rote and routine work can stay remote. I've talked to a number of people who go in, plug away on Excel for eight hours a day and have a two-hour commute either way, and absolutely none of them want to go back to the office. And I can't blame them. Who wants to fight traffic, especially here in Boston, for two hours only to find yourself plugging away on Excel and not really talking to anybody? You have your headphones on, you do your thing, you create your report, and then you're gone to fight traffic for another two hours. You can save four hours out of your day if you don't have that commuting time. So what we're going to see is a lot of these rote, a lot of these routine, a lot of these lower-level jobs may go remote only. This is going to affect the workforce because now all of a sudden our talent pool is nationwide. Hell, it could even be worldwide. If you're not constrained by time zone, if you're not constrained by location, you're only constrained to time zones. And having worked with people around the world, yes, they can be a little bit painful to deal with sometimes and trying to find a common ground where we can meet and talk. But at the same time, the labor force is going to be huge. That's going to affect the supply side of things, which in turn is going to push the compensation rates for this way down. 
supply and demand laws do happen in action. This is going to create a more difficult entry point for many workers. A lot of my students that I see in my classrooms, my freshmen, my sophomores, even my seniors coming out, looking at the job descriptions, and it's an entry-level role with two to three years experience expected. So finding some of these first jobs, finding some of these entry-level points, networking through them, building that robust piece that you need to build to build to develop your career, that's going to be very hard if we start to go for a lot more remote work. We're going to see a lot more competition within that space. We're going to see lower compensation within that space. And we're going to see people having a harder time creating those roles to then be where they can grow into decision makers. At the same token, right now, the way we've been working for this past year, year and some change, companies are reporting high productivity from being able to have remote workers, from having our teams not be in the office. We're still seeing Productivity at at least the same level, if not improved. The question for this is, once we start reopening our offices and we keep some people remote, will that remain sustainable? Will we see that same level of productivity? When we start to move forward and other options arise, become more viable, how many workers will react when when given these different options? And how many will remain at a high level of productivity when we are no longer forced into being remote. Rather, we are simply have the choice. History tells us that this doesn't happen. A lot of companies in the past have tried going entirely remote. We seldom see these levels of productivity sustained for the long term. Because what happens, the communications technology offering the fastest, cheapest, and highest bandwidth connection is still the office. It's still being able to pass by somebody's desk and say, hey, Bob, what's going on? Hey, Joe, I read this. What do you think? Water cooler talk matters. It gets things done. As people are packing up after the meeting, hey, one more quick thing that we need to decide. These are the game-changing conversations that we have on a day-to-day basis that are almost impossible to have online. We have a lot of new technologies, but I've talked about this before. How many times have we been on a Zoom call where the call's over and the host ends it and all 12 people are just dropped? We don't have that same chance where if there were the 12 of us in a conference room, I could, we could individually go to one another and ha- continue some of the conversation that we need to continue rather than emailing them after, oh, wait, we need to talk about this. Can we set up another call? And then struggling to find a time to schedule that. Online presence doesn't build and nurture the relationships that are required for effective and long-term strategic collaboration. Business is relational. We have to find ways to work together. It's not just being able to knock out tasks. What we see is we are moving into a period of uncertainty. We are facing change in all of our organizations and we are trying to plan for it. We are trying to understand it we're trying to get ahead of it. We have a lot of great lessons that we can take out of the past 15 months. We have worked remote. Having been a digital nomad for years, I understand it, but it is a learning curve for many people and many people have already climbed it and become comfortable. Now we have to find ways to continue to craft and build our organizations 
which will have a significant impact in the future, not just in the short term, finding new ways and programs and development where we can continue to grow our cultures and the long-term viability, competitiveness of our organizations. So take a moment. Reflect on what your company's done, what your team has done for these past year. What have been the struggles? What have been the wins? Write them down. Go to your team members and ask the same thing. What was something that we did very well this past year? What did you see that could be improved? And start co-working this and make a good, strong decision. Because the last thing we want to do don't want to make another change in our organization where six months down the road we're going to find things aren't working. So be impactful, be deliberate, and do a little homework as we get ready for this next great adventure. Let's get back to work, everybody. I look forward to seeing you all in the minutes. Thank you for joining me on Leadership Minutes. It has been great to take this journey with you, and I look forward to continuing in the future. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast subscriber, and definitely check out leadfromthefront.net for not only this podcast, but much more great content. Have a fantastic day. I look forward to continuing the journey with you soon. This podcast is copyrighted by Edward Brixey, all rights reserved. No part may be copied, modified, republished, transmitted, or otherwise distributed without express written permission.